as we are preparing for another child um, and as we just go through day-to-day life and we're looking, we're introspectively evaluating ourselves and our lifestyles and our upbringing and stuff like that. Um, I remember we were, I felt like it was like a Saturday or something. And we started having a conversation around, um, I think there's a lot of people who talk about individuals who grow up in single parent households. And I remember asking you like, and I put it on Twitter too. I posted it on my Twitter feed as well saying like, has there ever been a conversation around what happens when you grow up with both parents? Because I feel like there's this, it's like a silent insinuation. Is insinuation a word? Yeah. Oh, it's like this silent insinuation that if you grow up with two parents in your home, everything's just automatically better. And so I pose that question of like, like, why is that the narrative? Like if you grow up in a single family, a single parent household, your lifestyle is this. But if you grow up in a two parent household, your lifestyle is perfect. It's like, why is that the narrative or why is the conversation typically geared towards single family homes and not kind of exploring um, the dynamic of growing up in a two parent household and not to say that it's either is bad or one is better than the other. It's just like, why has that never been a topic of conversation as well? Because I have a lot of friends um, that grew up in two, two parent households. A lot of my close friends, we all grew up with both our moms and our dads, our biological mom and dad. Mm -hmm. And when I think back to some of the things, like even when I put it on Twitter, a lot of my friends were the ones responding and like, yeah, think about if your parent is in ministry or if you're, you know, you have a, a disconnected parent, even though they're there, you know, it's all of those things. But it's like an automatic thought that if you grow up with both, it's just better. Well, I think we got a lot to talk about then. Well, let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. What's going on, everybody? With your host Malcolm and Brittany Garrison, and you're listening to Let's Talk About It. Let's Talk About It is a space where we unpack life's transitions and their effects on millennials. As entrepreneurs and millennial parents, we've navigated a lot of life transitions. And we're here to share those experiences with you while challenging perspectives and engaging in open dialogue. Y'all ready? Let's talk about it. Let's talk about it. You know, so I, I was really intrigued by my own thought in that conversation of like, why is that the narrative that just because you grew up with both your parents, that that means you are just automatically, you know, better. Lit. <laughs> so let me let me ask you this then. What what did you experience being in a two person household, you know, in your young adult life? Mm-hmm. Um, My young adult life, like now. No, because you're an adult now, but I'm talking about like... Like a teenager? Yeah, like teenager before then. Yeah, what was that like? I mean, I feel like I feel like it's your normal. You know what I'm okay. saying? So it's like you don't see... I, I think once you become a parent um, or just an individual that is old enough to see your life from a different lens, especially when you move out of your household and you go to and fro and you come back into the home and you see the dynamic of like your parents or like the dynamic of your grandparents and stuff like that, or things happen in your life and like when uh, a grandparent dies and you start to learn about the different things that were going on in these different family with these different family members but you wouldn't have never known it because of how they operate or how they keep things behind closed doors and mm-hmm. all that kind of stuff like that and I so I started learning a lot um I feel like once I really went to college but the dynamic of my family relationship um I was taught a lot of teamwork from what I saw mm. my parents are incredible teammates um, and I think that's contributed to how 
I deal with you, I mean, how we deal with each other within our marriage is because I was always used to seeing people operate as a team. Um, I have friends that have parents where in their two, t- two parent dynamic house, uh, the dynamic of their two parent household is the moms were at home mm-hmm. and the dads work super incredible jobs. And I remember growing up like, what's wrong with my family? The fact that both my parents have to go to work. Oh, so you thought, so, so walk me through that because, because both your parents work and you saw the teamwork, but you, did you necessarily see teamwork in your friends family too, or no? Not necessarily because they're, they're the dynamic is different. So the type of teamwork that I saw from my parents was based off of the fact that you have two people contributing to the income. You have two people contributing because two people are contributing to the income, right? You're not talking about a homemaker. My friend's moms were homemakers. So, you know, they did the, the homework, the dinner, the cleaning, like all that stuff is already done. So when I'm looking at, you know, if my mom is at work early, there's a period of time my mom traveled a lot um, for work, et cetera. And my dad was the one making breakfast and making dinner. My dad was the one who handled us in the morning. My mom was the one that handled us in the afternoon when it came to athletics and after school activities and all the kind of stuff like that. My dad is the pickup person. And when we get home, we go to mom and we do homework and we do dinner and we do all those things like that. And so when I say teamwork, it's like seeing that dynamic of um, it's not all on one person to do said thing. And this is not me saying that that's what their dynamic was, but obviously I'm not in the dynamic. So I only know what I think it could be, which is your mom's at home taking care of the house. Your dad goes out to work. You know what I'm saying? Uh, But my father was also in ministry and um, he he tells a story all the time about how when I was younger, I don't know how old I was because I barely remember this conversation, obviously, at all. And he said that one day I came to him and said, everybody gets you except for us. Mm. So it's like the dynamic of a two parent household, allegedly, is that all is well and it's a perfect, you know, whatever. But excuse me, <laughs> obviously, in that moment, as a young child, not even a, a young adult, as a young child, I'm saying, like, I don't get to see you as much because you're always um you're always on the road. Do you remember how old you was when when you said that? I don't. Because I str- I, I struggle with this with this thought of what if that was what if that is my future? You know what I'm saying? Like mm-hmm. if I if I do uh decide to to go into a career path that may have a strenuous work hour mm-hmm. where I'm away from the family when I'm away from y'all. Like how will my sons receive me Mm -hmm. how will they perceive me will they say that you're not around do they see that do they even notice that um at a young age or what do you consider it or what does it become in your mindset or in your your thought process because i I, to this day like as a 30 year old woman i'm not i can't even put together why i thought that Mm. i can't put together if he was really gone that much you know what i'm saying it may feel that way you know what i'm saying he could have been gone for one week for a work trip (laughs) and in my mind you've been gone for years you know what I'm saying and so I think about that too when I'm like you know still in that pivot stage of like figuring out purpose and and where what angle I want to take my life and the different things that I want to pursue it's like I think about what I was doing before this and like with children would I be able to operate at the same capacity with that thought of what if I'm not I, I couldn't be I wouldn't be around as much if I was still moving and operating in that business that way, but I don't feel like it's a bad thing. You know what I'm saying? I feel like parents that go out and they get, you get into, you getting after it because I'm providing for my family. Right. I I sometimes think about that. I'm like, when, when they're old enough to go to school and they're not no longer in the house, you know, throughout the day with us, is that the most 
opportune time to kind of pursue all the things that we want to do. You know what I'm saying? I, I think of like, is that the perfect time or will it even matter the time and frame of right. it? Or is it okay? Is it one person's turn in the early stage then during that time when they are, you know, in school and they can do a little bit more things for themselves. Is it that other person's turn to now try to catapult their career and mm-hmm. what they want to do? Because that's one thing I, I don't want to, um, I don't want to not be present. Right. I, I feel that. I, and I think sometimes presence is only equated to the father. Yeah. Yeah, you know what I'm saying true. like presence is typically equated to the father being there. And obviously, um, I think there are things, especially knowing that we're raising sons that I know I can't do um, and I don't want to do because I, I just know that there's a difference when a father does it. We're already having those. I won't call them power struggles, but you're like, you got to understand. What are you be telling me? Um, you talking about when I'm disciplining him? Yeah, when it comes to th- things like dip- discipline and stuff like that. So I'll so I'll be disciplining uh Kaden or I'll be speaking to him in in a certain way. So, so he so understands scary. that this is not a game, you know what I'm saying? So he understands boundaries. And she immediately will come at me and try to check me and I and I had to I had to, be, I had to tell her like stop interjecting me when I'm disciplining him because he needs to understand respect and discipline and all these different things, but he needs to see it from a man. And it seems I don't want him to see the undermining, mm-hmm. you know what I'm saying? Authority, because now he can be like, he ain't going to know who to, who to really believe, you know what I'm saying? And, and that will confuse him. But I was also saying that because moms do this all the time, y'all. And I don't care, you know, if y'all feel fit or not, because it's the truth. Anytime your son is getting yelled at, you would yell at him all day. But as soon as the dad yells at him, it's because y'all yell. Y'all are we're the worst persons on on planet Earth. Different yell, you know. Yeah, but it's like a scary yell. <laughs> like Caden immediately go burst into tears, like or or it's just like it's like a shock. He's stunned and he just stops in his tracks, and I'm like, oh no. Right. So you you immediately go into mama bear mode, and no, we need to be one the united front, but also you probably just don't need don't even go come into the room because he needs this he you know what i'm saying like i think that's that's what's so important in in uh a man being in the house mm-hmm. is because that's where you learn authority mm. you know what i'm saying like i learned respect from my father mm-hmm. not my mom you know what i'm saying i learned how, how to so? respect others because think about it like if this is if this is is this the man that you see all day long is this, is this who you're learning from as a young boy and He's respectful. Mm-hmm. He's respectful to others. He's respectful to his uh, to his mom, to his wife. You know what I'm saying? To his wife, but to 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 his son's mom. He's learning how to conduct himself as a man. He's learning how to treat certain people. He's learning how to treat people. He's learning mm-hmm. how to respect people. He's learning when to turn up and when to not. You know what I'm saying? He's he's learning all these different I've things. He's watching all this. He, my dad, <laughs> my dad's very even kill. He's very even kill. But I've seen him get there. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? So I've seen the balance. And I've learned how, when and when not to say things. Or when to speak up and when it's not not time to. Mm-hmm. And I think that's, that's, that's the power of, of, one, having your father in the house. Because you get to see that firsthand and mm-hmm. see how to operate like that. Mm-hmm. But also not to be so wild that you can't control yourself. Yeah. 
And that's what we don't want. And that's what, you know, we don't want our black men doing, being being out here just, you know, doing anything, thinking that there's no repercussions for anything. Mm-hmm. And that's what I was telling you. And, like, he needs to understand that there's a cause and effect for everything. Right. So anything you do, there will be some kind of effect after that. There will be some kind of thing that will happen because of that. Because uh, it's just the law of polarity. Mm-hmm. So, um I, I I really believe that when I when I look at my dad, highest respect, highest respect. There's nothing, you know. what I'm saying that he he hasn't he hasn't done anything to to change my mind in that aspect. Mm-hmm. But uh, I think it's up to me to now teach that to my son. And I sons, just... <laughs> <laughs> Malcolm is so excited that. He's a a boy dad. I had this question as you were talking just now. Now in your thirties, right? Mm-hmm. Your father, um, you and your brother are your own your parents' only children together. As a man in your thirties, what what do you feel like you learned from seeing your father taking your mother's other children and raising them as his own? Oh man. I, I told you this before. I'm like, yeah, better man than me. <laughs> yeah, I'm not gonna yeah. <laughs> sometimes. Listen here. Him taking in five to I don't even know five to six kids that weren't his showed me because this is what my dad told me. This is what my dad told me. He said my mother saved his life. So obviously I don't know what he was into in his life. Mm-hmm. For a woman with five kids to save your life when you have one, you have one child. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Uh, but they don't live with you. That child didn't live with him, so he didn't right. have that. Um, you know, coming into the household. But for a woman to have five children and she saved your life, it showed me that true love do exist Mm -hmm. and there's somebody for everybody. Mm -hmm. And it doesn't matter their circumstance. Mm -hmm. And it showed me that, one, he's definitely a provider, for one. um, But he also is, he's he's confident in who he is. Mm -hmm. Because he didn't have, I never seen him being jealous to talk about any, you know, of her past Mm -hmm. or past dudes whoever you know all, whatever the baby fathers were I don't, I don't even know these dudes you know what i'm saying myself mm-hmm. so i've never and I've all nev- your siblings see him as their father all my siblings see him as dad mm-hmm. so he obviously inserted himself in, in, in authority wise um into into the family very seamlessly like i said i i just think you know seeing that i'm like man somebody that stepped up to the plate he really stepped up mm-hmm. and he never complained mm-hmm. You know, there was times when, you know what I'm saying, like, you, you get into it. Now I'm thinking about this. He's getting into it with kids that's not his. Right. You know, so how does how does one feel like they're not going too far, but you are providing for these kids? So these are your kids, too. Right. You know what I'm saying? So mm-hmm. my thing is, like, what was he going through around that time? Mm-hmm. I don't know. And they got married at 35. So five years older than what we are right now. And so you're already like stuck in your ways. You got all these things, ways that you do life. I would say like, I feel like from my parents, like watching them together, even to this day, like they, they really, like I said, operate as a team, especially when you start to see your parents deal with um, their parents aging, like Mm. becoming their parents, parents basically. Um, And um, thankfully uh, I still have two grandparents left. My paternal, my dad's mom, and my grandfather on my mom's side. Mm-hmm. Um, but even with that, like, um, even with that, like seeing how, like I said uh, earlier when I was talking about it, like 
in the sense of you learn so much when things start to happen in your family. And I remember one of the things you told me when we first got together, um, we first moved to get moved in together and you were like, yo, your tone is crazy. And I'm like, what are you talking about? <laughs> and I'm like, probably in the same tone that you were talking about. And um, I remember I was talking to my dad about it. What did he say? He said, that's not you. It's your grandmother. My mom's mom. Oh, I was like, which one? Okay. So my mom's mom, she she had li- literally, I think my grandmother had just passed. Um, and my dad was telling me, like, you get this honestly from your mother who got it from her mother. And it's like you realize the different things that now he has had to endure. Um, I think that showed me, like, my parents as people for one, for the first time. It's like really seeing, oh, so you mm-hmm. were who he is being right now, like, and receiving this. So I'm, like, in corrective, in corrective mode, like, how do I not run him away, you know, if this is what he's saying is an issue? And he just shared some things with me in regards to, like, yo – like it's it's being mindful of it. Like well, now that he's opened you up to it, you can be you can obviously be um, conscious conscious of it to be able to pull back. Mm. But I can't t- not tell you that you really don't get how to control it because you didn't know it was something that was a thing. Yeah. And the only reason I can give you this response is because I know where it comes from, where it derives from. I know where it came from with my wife. I know where it came from with her but with her mother because I spoke to all of them. The lineage goes deeper than that. And so it's like you learn so much being around your parents but talking to them and having real conversations with them as adults. Mm. And I don't think I think so I wonder how many people are having conversations with their parents um about being people. Or like humanizing your parents outside of them just being your parents. Yeah, I agree. I I think in that generation, no, they they didn't talk a lot. They didn't talk about anything. Like it took. I still don't know a lot of things about my my parents, honestly. And maybe it's because they don't want to talk about it. They may be ashamed of it, or they just put it in the past and they said forget it but i don't think you you know me i'm like the family potster right so my family oh, Lord. i'm like the one that <laughs> there was this instant and i um she'll say anything i really will um you know my family is the family that reminds you oh it's so-and-so birthday don't forget to call them. and i'm like you know this one person in our family in particular i was home at the time um visiting our family and i asked uh, my grandmother like why ain't no why did I find out it was this person's birthday who should be significant mm-hmm. on Facebook and not from somebody in the family saying, Don't forget to call so and so. And um my grandma just laughed. And my aunt was there too. And so I asked her the same question when she came later on, you know, like, what's up with this? Like, what's the vibe? Like, why like they don't y'all don't fool with each other? Like, what's the history behind this? Because you would think um, the way that the the person is with the other side of the family who is, you know, they they real close, they real tight knit. That's how I found out it was their birthday. What's the feel with that? Because y'all should have the same kind of relationship. And she started to share just a whole lot of other stuff like, you know, based off of decisions that were made in my life and having kids young and all this was now I'm the black sheep of the family. And because of that, it, it rained on the parade of all my children, mm. which now rains on your parade. Which means they don't even know you got a kid, and I started to and and in that moment it's like wow, there's so much more to these people. But when they're your 
they're your I guess superiors or your your parents, your elders. <laughs> yeah. You just see them as I just this is my lovely grandma. <laughs> Yeah, my you awesome know. parents but it's like yo i need to really know the truth and i think because we don't talk enough and i said that to say like i don't feel like you've ever asked either yeah i don't think i've ever asked because i don't know what to ask you Is know it- what i'm saying like there was one time i was like what would i ask my mom because you know so when i was 16 it really started to dawn on me that my siblings are my half siblings they're your whole siblings they came out your mom is it yeah I mean, like y'all all came from the same womb. Y'all are whole siblings. Whole si- all right, so it dawned on me that they all have different dads than me. Though. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. for the longest period of time, I'm thinking my dad is biologically their dad. Mm-hmm. And then I'm like, I'm starting to think, I'm like, wait a minute. When did my parents meet? Okay, they met such and such. When did they get married? 35. So how... Mom, how did such and such get here? <laughs> right. You know what I'm saying? Like, mm-hmm. I'm asking these questions, and she don't want to answer these. Mm-hmm. So these are questions she's not really answer, answering. And and now I'm thinking back. I'm like, yo, have you have they had the conversation with us about their past, about the lessons, about all these different things? And I don't know. I think I I think, and I I don't I want to say, it, but I don't know if it's true or not mm-hmm. because I can't remember. If, this too vividly but i think my dad said he had a drinking problem mm-hmm. in the past here's the thing i never seen my dad have a drink though. me either you know what i'm saying so except for our wedding day he did have that champagne and the toast and i gave him my shot because i couldn't do it <laughs> so you think that's why you don't drink i think that is a part of why i don't drink mm-hmm. because that was the example i seen i seen a sober man so i never seen a drunk man when mm-hmm. i was growing up but also it it would tell me that then he got sober either for my fa- for my mom or for us mm-hmm. because he he probably was a different man before he got either into a relationship with my mom or decided to marry my mom and then take on seven kids you know what i'm saying mm-hmm. so he obviously had to change at some point in his life right and we never really explored it <laughs> to the to that to that point, but I'm I'm just thinking, man, like, okay, so he did have some things he fought. Through, who are these people, basically? But who the hell are these people? You know what I'm saying? But this is the thing, like, but because I feel like it's because you've never really seen conversation amongst them mm-hmm. that it doesn't nat- naturally seem like inviting to just say, yeah, you know right. what I'm saying, like. You know, see, I have that relationship with your mom because that's the kind of person I am. <laughs> your mom was on the phone the other day and she was saying something. And when I talked to her and I was like, what is she talking about? And when I talked to her another day, I'm like, so, so what she was talking about the other day, what? So what was going- <laughs> nosy. <laughs> I'm not nosy. I'm just, I'm just okay with asking questions. Yeah, definitely. Because, and I won't say it was like invited in my house, but my parents are talkers. So conversation happens. It might not necessarily be about anything deep. It's like you have those. It's like all these family secrets or family dynamics that I don't feel like. I mean, I guess as a child, you know, stay in a child's place. It's exactly like, what they lived by. Right. But I just feel like we could have learned so much more. Yeah. Um, Like even Definitely. now when it comes to being a parent, when it comes to being a friend, I ask my mom all the time, like, 
um, because she, she's a counselor and she deals with people and she's in a people business. Um, she, when I was, um, leading in business and I remember she was at our house and we were talking about, um, like the people that we were working with and like, how do I continue to build those people up and letting them know that we appreciate them. And she led us to a book that was called, um, it's like the five love languages, but for your business relationships, it's, it's like, um, how to appreciate people, but basically kind of with the five love languages kind of Mm -hmm. concept. And I was like, well, this is a gem. Like, where is this kind of info? I have never heard of this, but that's because you're in corporate leadership. So you can give me, you know, even though we're in two totally different industries, I'm an entrepreneur, you're in corporate leadership, but you were able to give me advice on how to be a better leader. Mm Mm-hmm how to treat my people, how to love my people, how to celebrate those individuals for what they were doing because we're having a conversation, Yeah, you know? And I, 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 I just want to make sure that we continue. I feel like our generation is the generation that is going to open our parents up more, but we have to be willing to ask, ask the questions because our elders have so much value but i feel like because i feel like do you think they're ashamed of like their pasts that they don't <laughs> want to give you i remember i, I asked my aunt one time about crack the, i just i think that's the culture our culture is so much more this this is what i was telling you about your um, mom said that the dude on tiktok everything. uh the dude on tiktok he explained like every generation in like two minutes tops it was crazy mm-hmm. uh when he was talking about baby boomers um they're about to, you know, they're, they're leaving the workforce and they're about to go into the, um, they're about to be voting for the things that they need. Mm-hmm. So they're about to be in the seat of of appointing, you know, politicians and stuff like that and the things and the policies that they need in order to survive. Mm-hmm. Uh, but for his generation, which was, I guess, X. Generation X. Mm-hmm. Generation X. Um, they are responsible for Generation Z. Okay. Generation Z and some some millennials, but they're like elder millennials. You know what I'm saying? <laughs> they they they're above a little bit above elder millennials. Um but he was saying that they taught their children gener- generation Zs how to be entrepreneurs and not to trust the system or don't rely on the system because there's not going to be a pension for you. There's not going to be not a to trust employers. Not to tr- not to trust employers. It's more so about Look out for your own ass because there's mm-hmm. going to be no one to save you. So in the becoming end. entrepreneurs, but so yeah, but mm-hmm. by result, you're raising up a bunch of entrepreneurs, right? Because now we are, we're seeing okay, well, I can't work forty years and get a pension, so what's the point in wasting forty years for somebody and I can build my own wealth? You mm-hmm. know what I'm saying? But uh, but he was saying with millennials, we're such we're we're going to be the greatest managers ever because we we one understand people, mm-hmm. uh, we we care more about people. We're way mm-hmm. more empathetic as a generation. Mm-hmm. And, um, and we care about inclusivity. Mm-hmm. And he was saying generation Z, th- these people, they love, you know, their dream job is to end up being a shoe closet and never see their manager ever. You know mm-hmm. what I'm saying? Right. <laughs> so they, work, work from home has changed a lot of people's lives. You know what I'm saying? So you were saying that millennials would be the greatest managers ever. And the future of the USA will be fine just because of that. I'm like, that's crazy. That's interesting. But it is interesting. I say that to say because Mother's Day is almost here and you can get her the most beautiful time-tested gift around. A watch she can wear every day for movement. Whether mom's into classic dress watches, rare and refined ceramics, or tried and true bestsellers, movement has something she'll love. 
And right now you can save big on the best Mother's Day gift ever with up to 50% off site-wide during Movement's Mother's Day sale at MVMT.com. Again, that's up to 50% off at MVMT.com. That was the culture of of them. Mm-hmm. You know, that, that it was, you know, what's in the past is in the past. Mm-hmm. It don't need to be spoken upon. Right. You don't need to dig up old things. <laughs> you know what I'm saying? Right. And we this is what the premise of the whole podcast is talking about. Um, we dig them up, digging up the digging up the bones, digging up both holes, digging. <laughs> I'm tired of digging up all these holes, Grandpa. And our, our parents are like, you know, like that's too damn bad. Oh, too damn bad. That's too keep, damn bad. Keep, keep digging. On, keep that's digging. gonna be us to our parents. Like I'm tired of digging up all these holes. I need to quit yeah. it. That's too damn bad. Keep See, digging. Kaden will learn exactly who we are just by listening to our content. Well, the thing you is, my saying? dad was that person though. Mm-hmm. So like my dad was the the youth minister, right? He's the one that everybody can come to because he's the only person you feel like is a real nigga. <laughs> and what I mean by that is like I was just talking to some of my homegirls about it and we were talking about like my dad had created this. And I always feel like when it comes to church, men end up with young men end up with the better circumstance when it comes to some sort of group. Group setting is some sort of group setting where you can feel like you can be open, honest and not be judged by whoever that leader person is. I can see that. And I feel like for women, at least in our case, it felt like you just want to know my business. Mm. Right. And so my father created like just a space, a safe space for young men to um, that were in our church to come and talk to him. And then that, you know, it grew from one person to 10 people to now they got this whole group and then they got now they got a name mm-hmm. and they having outings and they're having you know monthly meetups and all this kind of stuff like that and it seemed like the women the who were I guess the generation up from us it felt like they were trying to oh if they got if the guys got some oh we need to figure out something for the girls and it's like it, it wasn't it didn't happen genuinely it happened because they were doing something mm-hmm. and so now it was kind of forced where none of us felt comfortable also by who it was because it's like I know my dad in those settings um, because he did it with both you know girls and guys would be honest about his upbringing he didn't talk he didn't act like he wasn't in college getting lit and then going to lead choir the choir on Sunday morning while he was in school <laughs> half drunk you know yeah, what I'm saying facts. and getting called out because they knew <laughs> you know what I'm saying mm-hmm. and so I feel like because he was open about those things and he was honest about them it felt as though I could tell you that I'm struggling in this area. Yeah, I could tell you what I'm going through. And yeah. so for me, um, you know, the ladies at our church, they weren't those people. But then I went to like a youth retreat or whatever. Um, I met some of my closest friends to this day um, who were, they were in their early 20s. Because um, I'm like 10, 12, 13, 15 in that age range. And um <laughs> Y'all, it's really uh, okay? hard for me to breathe. Like, <laughs> it feels like my <laughs> my lungs are like compromised. But, um, you got people like Odie, Artia, Marcy. These are people like I'm like okay, they are keeping it a buck with me. Mm-hmm. They are, and it wasn't a. It's not about telling your business. Mm-hmm. It's about creating safe spaces for somebody to say, "Hey, I'm kind of struggling in this area. What what should I do?" And not their response being like Bible thumping, hitting you across the head, like don't have sex because you will uh, get pregnant and die. Like they said on Mean Girls, Mm -hmm. you know what I'm saying? The Lord said this is wrong. Like, yeah, but 
Why? <laughs> because the thing is, y'all making it seem like it's not that bad because you keep telling me not to do it because yeah. I should, you know, you're putting it actually in my mind more. So, but bringing it back to what we've been talking about or what this episode is about. I definitely wasn't finished my point, but you got it. No, I know. <laughs> oh, I'm sorry. <laughs> you definitely just cut me off. Go ahead. <laughs> <laughs> but bringing it back to our point and the reason why you're here tonight. No, because I want to know, like, being in a two-parent household and growing up as a woman, mm-hmm. we I'm pretty sure we've had two different experiences. Absolutely. I want you to talk about the experience of learning sexuality. That doesn't exist. In a two-person household, it don't exist? Absolutely not. Not in my for household. One, as, <laughs> why? I just feel like, based off for religious purposes, it was purity is right, and that's all. And that's what's taught to y'all period that's it don't 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 dress provocatively um don't be a distraction um what effects did it have though once you become an adult well one i i feel like and this is a whole episode in itself so i don't necessarily want to get into it because i think it would be a great conversation but i feel like sexuality and women in the church is a thing and when you grow up in a household people who are ministers it is very a very touchy subject and um i don't think it should be unless you well not, i don't even want to say unless because I, I i don't i loathe when people act as if they came to christ perfect mm-hmm. i agree you know what i'm saying like even if you were a liar even if it was pornography even if you used to steal out of a candy store you didn't come here perfect but you perfect you portray perfection, which makes me feel horrible about my mm, life. Right. About my even if 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 it's just thoughts. And so for me, it was all about the mentality of it all. And um the biggest thing is be mindful of your father's ministry. So now it's not really even about me. It's about what it's gonna look like for everybody else. That's not me. Which when you take in account my entire life, I could never. Because it felt like I would defame my family's name. See, I think so growing up since we had boys, growing up as a boy with a two-parent household and sexuality, I don't think it is talked about at all, really. Like, that birds of the bee conversation don't You just really, get a pack of condom and, like, you know what to do it, with these, right? It don't really happen. I think you, I think for, for guys, you more so learn your sexuality through your peer group. Mm-hmm. You know, you learn about what dudes are doing or not doing. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? Through through conversation it ain't necessarily um there's no there's no pressure in the home mm-hmm. and there's no education though mm-hmm. in the home which could also serve as an issue well i think it i think it will serve it serves as an issue because it's it's as if our parents forget that we will become curious at some point mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's like did you forget what it's like to be 13 14 15 to be in high school and um you know to to start to have your first crushes and wanting to go on dates and you know all of those levels of experiences and i ain't gonna lie when i left home i was out of pocket Mm. why because nobody was having the conversation with me except to not and i feel like the conversation that did was supposed to deter me so bad only heightened my desire for or my curiosity not my desire my curiosity to know why you are pressing me so hard Mm -hmm. why are you pressing me so hard and it wasn't until um i was dating this dude and um (laughs) this is how my parents and i talked about sex for the first time that wasn't in church okay i was dating this dude and you know that chair that we got at the crib um the long chair Mm -hmm. and so i'm sitting on the back of it and um 
the way the chair is, obviously I'm straddling, but I'm just sitting. And because there were no more seats, he comes and sits on it, but he's in front of me. He's at the edge of it. I'm at the back of it. We're not close at all. It's not like he's in between my legs. Mm -hmm. But to my parents, he was in between my legs. Gotcha. Like all the way up in that. Obviously, we were humping at this point in their eyes. Oh, Jesus. Do you know what I'm saying? (laughs) Yeah. Like that's what they saw. Mm -hmm. They brought me in their room. (laughs) Brittany, can we talk to you for one second, please? The nigga is still over there. Okay. They had me in their room for like an hour and 20 minutes (laughs) talking to me about how I was sitting on this chair and what it looked like. Mm. Right. Which led to the question, are you sleeping with him? Oh, wow. But at this point, I'm 19. So I just feel like what I'm lying for. And I don't think they thought I would tell the truth. One thing my parents never realized is that they would always ask me questions. I will always be honest. They just never believed me. Mm, Or they didn't want to know. No, no, no. They would ask me questions and I would never lie. They just didn't think I was being honest. Think of, remember when I got my, remember when I got this tattoo for my birthday? What, they had a conversation about that? They called, it was for my birthday. So they called me like, what'd you do for your birthday? I was like, oh, I got a tattoo. I blah, blah, blah. We went to the club. They're like, no, you didn't. Oh. (laughs) Okay. I'm just telling you what really, you know what I'm saying? So I'm saying like, you've experienced what I'm talking about of me being honest. They just don't want to hear that. So you take it as if I'm just kidding or I don't mean what I'm saying. <laughs> I mean exactly what I'm saying. <laughs> and so they asked me, was I sleeping with Buddy? And I was like, yeah. And I don't, I mean, I'm sure it broke their heart, but it's like, you've never done, like, do you think just because you say don't do it, the Lord says it's not right. You should only do it within the confines of marriage. And I'm like, I understand that now because I didn't do it within the confines of marriage. And so I understand why you should. Mm-hmm. I understand the spiritual Um, the soul ties I understand all the things that come with you know the possibilities of pregnancy and all that other stuff like that I get it after yeah but nobody was being honest about that aspect of it you're just saying don't just saying don't so that makes that makes you more curious by nature listen curiosity was crazy so let's think of the flip side then if you wasn't in a two-parent household do you feel like there would have been discussion or with it because i'll say this when i was researching about this episode Mm -hmm. i'm looking at the differences of single parent households and two parent households Mm -hmm. and what it was saying is there is pros and cons to both i agree and one of the pros to being in a single family household is that there is more care and attention and honestly conversation Mm -hmm. to that person because there's more time spent with and focus on the child Mm -hmm. than trying to you know maintain a relationship let me tell you why i believe that when i was in high school i remember i told my parents that like you said you learn a lot through conversations with your peers and when i was in high school i had a lot of friends who did come from single parent homes and um i think it was probably about even but i spent a lot of time you know at the house and seeing the dynamic of them with just their mom or the dynamic of them with just their dad because i have friends that had single dads and single moms uh both as well and i remember like christmas time and how much stuff they would get mm-hmm. because the parents were typically competing Ah, oh, wow. and I remember I saying, "Like, 
Yo, I wish my parents wasn't. I, I, I mean, thank I God. I can't believe that you said that. I, but I, <laughs> but get, I get because it. I'm young. I don't. But I get and nobody's it. having those conversations. And you don't. You know, my parents aren't talking to me about how they both came from broken homes, or yeah. you know, my grandmother raised seven children by herself. You know what I'm saying? Like we're not having that conversation. Um, you, we're not having a conversation of my grandfather on my mom's side stepping in and taking my grandmother's kids and all that stuff like that. We're not talking about that kind of stuff. So when I see that, because I'm young and I'm I'm not necessarily impressionable, but you only understand. See, no, yeah, you, you only know what you know from your home. Yeah, yeah. And you know, growing up the way I did, like my family didn't even celebrate Christmas. So not only do I not get anything in the first place, I'm but crying. I'm now seeing the, the dynamic of a two parent, uh, a, a single parent, you know, single parent households where like you have your mom's weekend, your dad's weekend or whatever, and how much more they were getting because they were competing for attention or, or who was going to be the best parent. Hmm. And I'm not saying that that's a great tactic, but when you're a child or you're a young adult, it's like, I'm looking at it. Like I'm, I feel like I'm missing something because you're together. Mm-hmm. You know what I'm saying? I'm grateful for the dynamic that I grew up in, of course. Um, But there were moments in my life where I'm like, yo, um, it's kind of looking like the grass (laughs) might be greener on the other side. I agree. Because I used to think I used to think that it's so much better living with two parents rather than one. And I didn't see it from the side of it really. It could be either one, you know, even though even though and I'm a numbers person, even though numbers say growing up in a single parent household you're 30% more likely to be to to grow up in poverty mm-hmm. so to speak it doesn't mean that it's it's not the it's not uh i would say it's not it's not something that everybody goes through mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying it's not something that everybody goes through on a daily daily basis you it could it could be multiple reasons why somebody grows up in a single parent household mm mm-hmm. You know the the father or the mother could be abusive. You know you, you, you don't know deceased. You deceased. Know? You know I, all and, these and different things what, happen. But this is why I have started having that conversation with you that day because I'm like, there's so many things that I feel like there's just a, a stigma around it where it's just oh the father must have left. Yeah, they don't account for. Yeah, there is a stigma. Is the mother a widow? Is the father a widow? Um, you know what I'm saying? Like, what was the actual dynamic that caused this? I was I saw Marvin Sapp. Um, his son just got married, and he was saying like being a widower for a widower for 13 years. I just thought Marvin Sapp been single all his life, or all my life. Mm. His wife been has passed 13 years ago. So you're looking at this person who's raising four children as just a single dad, but you don't necessarily know how they got there. Correct. You know what I'm saying? It's not always somebody done cheated or, you know, they walked out. Like, it's not always this crazy, um, dramatic or, you know, story that causes these things. And it's not necessarily, like I said, it's, um, you know. Too much love in hip hop. (laughs) (laughs) So much love in hip hop. But it's like, but because it's like the dynamic that we both grew up in, or, you know, it made me want to, I see the, the benefits of having a two parent home. I also see the benefits of, I, I remember when we first had Caden and I was like, yo, there has to be a single mother's day or a single parents day. Man, because that is I, a holiday. Couldn't, I couldn't even do it by myself. Like, and I think there to anybody who's raising children by themselves is a superhero, literally a literal superhero to me because I, as, as a parent who is married and has a significant other and we equally share, you know, all of our, our life together. 
I literally remember saying to you like, yo, kudos, hats off. I, I'm pretty sure and, I tweeted it. This is when y'all traveled without me, right? Not even then. This was, was me doing then. I was in the laundry room. Oh, I'm crying. That's <laughs> it wasn't even nothing crazy. Now, traveling alone, for sure. That I say that every time I travel by myself with yeah. him in the airport. But this was literally, I was in the laundry room. It was nothing crazy. <laughs> it was nothing. And I just literally thought about the 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 magnitude of the responsibility when you are by yourself. And I think it should be celebrated more by the community by people um just like i think and I, I what i also love is that millennials we are raising the standards um and we are having children into there are more children growing up in two-parent households in the millennial community yeah i was about to say do, do you think there is a um a solution to to bring in the numbers to even kill so to speak because there's such a lopsided number between the amount of single mothers mm-hmm. um you know which is literally i want to say three times more likely than to happen than than a single father um do you, do you think there is a way for us to want to grow a family and have the two people present in the home I think there are, but like no I reason said, why you we have talk to, about father figures. You have to think about circumstances. Like one thing I will also say about growing up in church is like if you were to get pregnant, um, if you were to get pregnant prior to being married, for some families, the very first conversation is you need to marry them. Mm-hmm. And so it's like toxic. Is this my wife? Yeah. Is this my husband? It may not be my person for life, but now I'm being forced into a marriage because of what, you know, my circumstance has become. And for some people, I don't think that's fair. And I don't think it's that you don't have the desire to do that or to grow up. I mean, to have a family within that dynamic. I just think, do I have to now marry this person just because we're having a child? And for some people like, um, one of my homies when he uh he and his girlfriend had gotten pregnant back when I was uh, I think I was like a sophomore in college sophomore junior college and his mother she church lady oh, the, one of the prestige individuals in the church she's like you're not marrying that girl like I don't want you to feel like you have to do that you know what mm-hmm. I'm saying um because I don't want you to be miserable and I, I believe it's because she had that same circumstance of being pregnant with him and her parents forcing a marriage now because of that. And it's like, so I, I think, I think though, because of that, a lot of individuals that I know personally that come from broken homes, um, they have a desire to not, to, to, to switch the dynamic. Both of my parents were the, that those individuals for me yeah. because my dad came from a single mother home and my mother came from, you know, her situation. My parents were very adamant about growing, um, you know, building their family as a collective. And like I said, because the people who um, make those decisions to say, I'm going to change it because I understand what it is to be in that. Yeah. I understand what it feels like to grow up that way. I think a lot more of our parents decided to make those decisions. And because of that, um, a lot more of us, we're, we're, we're like double, triple that concept as millennials to do it because I believe the statistics I read this I don't remember the number exactly but I had read that millennial the statistics of millennials that are building two-parent households are so much higher than that of everybody that's come before us Hmm. I just think we're more intentional about it I just think you build well faster too as well I I think just to give a solution um, or 
a way to for us to to start to build um families with two parent households in mm-hmm. them you know more often i would say is to to date intention yeah uh, i uh i think to date with intent and not 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 to don't y'all men millennial men are the ones who say they hate that we do that well no i'm talking i'm talking about for definitely for men i think for men we need to date with intent and i hear all this stuff about you know what does she bring to the table and all this other other crap that's going on and i don't know if it's red pill blue pill, whatever it is <laughs> uh but i think it's more so like does she, can she prepare a table it's not what does she bring to the table it's can what can she prepare a table meaning not food not not can she cook and all sure that other that stuff too, i'm sure that too but i'm talking about like can she be a helpmate how how what's her character like can you see her raising your kids mm-hmm. you know what i'm saying the things that actually matter before you lay mm-hmm. before you lay with her are these things that have you have you really vetted these things out i've heard of a lot more men saying like they were waiting to have sex for what like when they're dating somebody because once okay, you yeah. once you start once you make it physical, it clouds the judgment of everything else, especially when, you know, it's been a long time since you had some consistent ass. So now <laughs> you're like, oh, I don't really want to give this up because she uh, low key crazy as hell. You know what I'm saying? Because um, I feel like for women, it's easier for us to wait, you know what I'm saying? Or to choose to not do it immediately, et cetera. Um, but I have been hearing a lot more men like saying like, yeah, I'm I'm chilling right now. You like, I really want to fill her out. I want to see, you know, if this is someone who also, you know, with the <laughs> the way some millennial women think these days and everybody wants the uh, everybody wants the established man and every mm-hmm. man wants the established woman. And I think with those dynamics, it's hard to know who's genuinely here for you. Yeah. If you had nothing and you and, and you don't really see character in that in that sense like you, you don't see you don't see any struggle you don't see any battle you don't see anything so when y'all go through something and they leave immediately you're surprised why right. are you surprised because you didn't see any storm you try to mm-hmm. you try to come to the table and you wanted a, a finished product so you think mm-hmm. um but you don't know you really don't know. And there's that saying that says uh, a woman's character is tested when a man has nothing, but a man's character mm-hmm. is tested when he has everything. And I just I just feel like dating intentionally is is great. But I feel like when women say that men get all discombobulated <laughs> as if we're trying to control the situation or we're trying to rush into marriage and men understanding that women are raised to be wives like that is the conversation in your household that's why there's no conversation around sex because it's around oh you need to know how to cook you need to know how to clean you need to know how to do all this stuff because how are you going to become a wife mm-hmm. how who's going to marry you if you can't blah 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 you know what I'm saying? You need to know how to do your laundry effectively. You need to know how to wash dishes. You need to know to wash behind the toilet. You know, you need to do all these things because <laughs> who's going to, because you just clean the bathroom. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> who's I can't bend down like that. <laughs> um, but who's going to marry you if you can't do these things? And so for us, when we're talking about dating intentionally, um, and I think also the older you get, like you do want as women, it's like if you have a desire to be married, because everybody doesn't desire to be married, um, it's like if that's your goal, if that's what you want, then yeah, we are looking for that. But a lot of men feel like that's a turn off because I'm talking to you about what you want and and who you want. And I, I think, is that not what you want? Is somebody who wants to buy into you? Now, her approach might be wild. 
You know, yeah. her approach might not be it, that but could be it, yeah. when you when you feel like you're being pressured by life or society or your biological clock to find a mate, it may come across a little strong or aggressive. But the truth of the matter is somebody asks you, where do you see yourself? You got to consider that perhaps they want to know that I have vision for myself. Yeah. Because you're supposed to lead me. You're supposed to be the head of my household. Um, but men aren't conversationalists typically. Like you're not you're not coming out the gate and be like, Yeah, um, uh, my name is Malcolm and mm-hmm. in in the next five years I would like to be the president. <laughs> like, you know what I'm saying? Like that's not a typical conversation. So it's like we're also creating a moment for you to now share with me who you are or what's beyond this date, this dinner, that money. Like what do you want? Yeah, I agree. I completely agree. So do you have a life lesson Um, from this episode? (laughs) I don't know. I feel like my life lesson is that, you know, uh, whatever hand that you're dealt, I believe that there are ways that you can improve yours. Mm. Um, You know, whether it's in a, in a household, um, whatever your household dynamic is, I believe that you can make a choice to choose, um, you know, taking the crickets with the straights um, and taking everything with a grain of salt and saying, what did I love? about the way I was raised. Um, What did I dislike about that? And based off of those things, what do I want to curate for my family? Yeah. I think for me, uh, metaphorically, father figure, uh, this episode, it was more so, um, it's just about wanting to have a a family dynamic that you can, one, grow from, so to speak. And uh, for me, having a father in my life, and was present in my life was so instrumental in grooming me as a man mm-hmm. and grooming me to be a husband and grooming me to be a future dad. Um, some people, th- some people are, uh, they're growing up in a single parent household and it may be the mother, but they have, they don't have the presence of a father figure. Mm-hmm. Um, possibly, you know, it depends on their dynamic, but they're also learning certain traits. So, I think this episode was more so really about how are you how are you learning life? Who are you learning life from? Mm. And can you take these these ideals, can you take these things and use them for you to set yourself up in life? Or are there some things that you need to unlearn? Because mm. if I if I grew up with just my mom, I'm thinking about it. She had five to seven kids and it was just her. Mm-hmm. How would my life have gone without my father figure there? Mm. How how would I have seen the world without him being there? I think that's my life lesson. I love that. Well, well, uh, this has been another episode of the So Let's Talk About It podcast. I am your co-host, Brittany. And I'm Malcolm. And uh, you can follow me at Brittany Danelle on all platforms. And you can follow me at Malcolm underscore Garrison, two underscores. Garrison. And you can follow the show at So Let's Talk About It Pod on all platforms, uh, Instagram, TikTok, YouTube. So Let's Talk About It Pod. And if you are listening on Apple Podcasts, don't forget to rate, review, subscribe to the YouTube channel. Um, we want to hear your thoughts. We want to hear some of the things that you love about your, your father figure, your family dynamic. What are some of the things that you've learned from that? What are some of the things you've incorporated in your own parenting? And we can't wait to see you guys on the next episode. Peace. Good night.